Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Snap, welcome back, welcome back. It is Monday, August 13th, 2018. I am Timmy G, and you are listening to episode two of the Banner Banter Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in if this is your first time or if you're coming back. Thank you so much for listening to episode one. The response that I got from episode one was absolutely incredible. If you actually liked episode one and you're coming back, thank you so much. If you're a family member or a friend, please do not forget to send me your Venmo username so I can pay you accordingly. Anyways, How's everyone doing? Uh, Again, I just really want to thank everyone from the bottom of my heart for listening to episode one. The response that I got was insane. It was great to see, and I appreciate everyone's posts, uh, their shares, their likes, you name it. Thank you all so, so very much, and hopefully the first episode won't be as good as the second episode, and we can improve this thing every single week. So uh, in this episode, I'm going to be talking about uh, two things. Number one, uh, I met Paul Pierce, so I got to tell you guys about that. And number two, the schedule. The schedule came out this past Friday around 4.15, and it's one of my favorite days of the year, so we got to break that down from start to finish, all 82 games, game by game. I'm kidding. We're not going to be doing all that, but we are going to break the schedule down so you can get a better sense, not only how like season ticket holders like myself try and schedule our lives around, but also how the Celtics are going to do. Can can this team win 60 games? There's a shot. I don't think that they're going to, but there is a shot. There there are some breaks in the season where this team can really go on, like, for example, the month of December, they could probably go 11-1, and 10-2. So months like that could be big for this basketball team. The first thing I want to talk about is, obviously, I met Paul Pierce. Uh, I met Paul Pierce this past Saturday, at the South Shore Plaza down in Braintree, uh, I was able to find out that Paul Pierce was doing a autograph session, photo op thing at those man cave stores that you see uh, in in the malls. You know, the ones where uh, in January it's next to Sears and then you go back to the mall two months later and it's next to the Foot Locker because it moves so much for whatever reason. Maybe it's better location. Who knows? I just find it very creepy that they can move all those frames and all those really nice expensive pictures as often as they do. So I, I have a couple things signed by Paul Pierce. I have this big picture signed by him with a piece of the parquet. I got it this past season uh, through the Boston Bruins Foundation. They, they do it every single game. They have a whole bunch of cool little autograph things, cool little man cave things that you can get, and all the money goes to charity. So I saw this Paul Pierce one where he was at the foul line against the Milwaukee Bucks where he scored his 20,000th point, and I was actually at that game. So I had to get that. I have my Game 6 NBA Finals ticket from 2008 signed by him where he won Finals MVP. He was actually on that ticket. That's something I will always have with me. So I really didn't want another signature by Paul Pierce. I really just wanted a photo with him because I've, sure, I've met him like for 30 seconds, him signing something, but I've never actually had a conversation with him. And I was hoping I could talk to him about the podcast and I didn't really have the opportunity to. They moved that line really quick. It was like, give him your ticket, give him your phone, talk to him for maybe two seconds, which I did. I was like, thanks for everything they did for the Boston Celtics. And he said, no, thank you. Took the picture, and then that was it. The fact that Paul Pierce said thank you to me really meant a lot because a couple years ago, I was out to breakfast with a couple coworkers, 
and I saw Isaiah Thomas. It was about two or three days after he got selected to do his first All-Star game. And it was this very small place. It might have been, I don't know, 15 to 20 people inside this place. I went to the, up to the manager, and I was like, hey, I'm a big Celtics fan. I would love if I could buy Isaiah Thomas, and I believe he was with his wife, one of his kids, and someone's mother, whether it was Isaiah's mother or his wife's mother. The manager was like, okay, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll let the waiter know, and we can you know, just kind of go from there. In this place, it was your classic, like, these people came for Wi-Fi. They're all on their Macs. They're having their coffee. They had no, no idea Isaiah Thomas was there. I was in a Patriots hoodie and a Celtics winter hat. So obviously, he probably knew that I was the one that did it. The waiter went over, told him, and literally went over and pointed to me, like, that guy over there is buying your family breakfast, your child, your wife, and either a, a mother or a mother-in-law. And they just got up and left. The tab was over $100, and he never came over to say thank you. Now, listen, I wasn't going to ask for an autograph or ask for a picture. I just appreciated everything that Isaiah Thomas did for the Celtics while he was here. And we'll talk a little bit later about how he's finally coming back against the Nuggets in March. But I appreciated everything that Isaiah Thomas did, and I also want to congratulate him on his first All-Star game. And I, I thought I was doing the right thing, and he didn't say thank you. So the fact that I heard a thank you from a Boston Celtics player meant a lot to me, especially after that very weird and awkward experience that I had with Isaiah Thomas. So yeah, that's my little Paul Pierce story. It was great to meet him. I posted all of the pictures on social media. Um, you know, Facebook is at Banner Banter Podcast. Instagram is also at Banner Banter Podcast. And Twitter at Banner Banter 18. Posted all those pictures there. Um, it. Oh, the other thing that was awesome about it, we were both wearing Jordan 13s. I forget which style of Jordan 13s he was wearing. I was wearing the Heat Got Games that recently just came out. So it was very funny to see that, you know, Paul Pierce and I have a very similar taste in in our Jordans. So this is what we're going to do now. We are now going to talk about the 2018-2019 Boston Celtics schedule. There's a, there's a lot to talk about, and there's a lot of great games coming to the Garden. Uh, the Celtics have some pretty tough road trips as well, especially after the All-Star break. So we're going to break this all down from start to finish. All right, now I, I told you I would be coming to this podcast with a lot of hot takes. And so the first hot take that I want to do talking about the schedule is the fact that the Celtics are playing 82 games this year. There's going to be 41 at home and 41 on the road, just like it is every year. So we really could just end it there, but that that just wouldn't be fun. And what would be the point of, so far, a seven-and-a-half-minute podcast? So this year, the, the big thing that the Celtics are kind of like headlined for is the fact that they have the very first game of the season. Out of everyone in the NBA, they're playing the 76ers. They're also playing on Christmas Day, and they're also playing on MLK Day. They have 27 national TV games, and 39 of those, if you include the games on NBA TV, you know, like the, the fan nights that are basically already voted for, even though they, you know, they know where they have to go, and they're basically fooling the fans in plain English, saying, oh, hey, vote, and we'll go there. No, they already have it all set up. So out of the 27 national TV games, the Celtics will have the third most national TV games out of anyone in the NBA. And for some odd reason, the Lakers have 43. Now, I understand the LeBron thing. I really do. I just don't understand the rest of the Lakers. But maybe everyone's getting sick of watching the Warriors on national TV all the time. So, hey, if I can watch my least favorite team in sports history lose on national TV a decent amount because I think the Lakers 
are going to make the playoffs in the in the West, but I don't think they're going to be that great, as great as LeBron is. I just don't think everyone else is going to be able to step up. Maybe Kuzma will have a good year. I'm not a fan of Lonzo Ball, and I really don't trust Luke Walton as a coach. I, I think he's done a fine job with the Lakers, and I think he had a pretty easy gig when he was with the Warriors when Steve Kerr went out with his back, but I really haven't seen him prove a whole heck of a lot when it comes to coaching. I do, like, like I said, I do think the Lakers will be making the playoffs, though. This is how the national TV games are broken down for the Celtics. They had 25 last year. They got 27 this year. 13 are going to be at home. 14 are going to be on the road. 12 of those will be on TNT, 10 on ESPN, and 5 on ABC. Now, the first game of the season, October 16th, Tuesday night, 8 o'clock, against the Philadelphia 76ers. I really think the NBA is trying their best to try and make this rivalry a real thing. And I'm okay with it because I don't like Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons is a great basketball player, and I think he'd be an even better player if he was just willing to take a jump shot. And hopefully his jump shot can improve so you know we don't have to beat the 76ers again in five games, maybe six games in in the upcoming playoffs. Joel Embiid, you, you can't hate Joel Embiid. You can just boo him because he's not playing for your team. He's hilarious on Twitter. He, he loves to trash talk. He's everything that, like, you know, I wish all NBA players had. So I'm, I'm glad that the NBA is trying to shove this 76ers thing down our throat with opening night, and then we're playing them at 5.30 p.m. on ABC on Christmas, the second year in a row the Celtics are having a Christmas home game. Back to opening night. This is actually the earliest start for the Celtics in 38 years. Um, they started earlier in the 1980 season where their first game of the season was on October 10th. So that's pretty that's pretty crazy that this is the earliest start in 38 years and we all know that because training camp is now getting cut in half, less preseason games. The Celtics only have four preseason four preseason games where they used to have a bunch more. So I'm glad they're minimizing the preseason games but still giving the teams a a reasonable amount of time to get ready for the season. Cool thing about the schedule this year that there are no four games in five nights and no eight games in 12 nights. So a team like the Celtics, when they would go on that West Coast trip, that West, that West Coast road trip would feel so long, and they would be on the road forever, and it would really take a toll on the team, especially since the Celtics usually go in March, which is at that point, after the probably two or three weeks after the All-Star break, they really don't have a lot of rest, but... I am really glad that the NBA just kind of got rid of those those type of stretches. They also cut down on back-to-back games. The average back-to-back game per team in the NBA this year is going to be 13.3. The Celtics only have 12 back-to-backs, and last year they had 14. And the other great thing about this upcoming season is that there is no London trip. I really feel like the Celtics were playing some of their best basketball going into that London trip last January, and this year they don't have to worry about that. They really packed their schedule super heavy so they would have enough time in between, and I felt like that really just kind of took the steam out of their play. So I'm glad that they are staying in the States and you know going to Canada every once in a while to play the Raptors. I am okay. I, I, this is going to sound weird. I kind of wish there were more back-to-backs for the Celtics because they are so deep and their team is so young that – I feel like they would be prepared for it. So if Kyrie needed some limited minutes on a second night of a back-to-back, you know that Terry Rozier can step up and start for him, and maybe Kyrie can come off the bench and just play some limited minutes in in those type of examples because I I really feel the Celtics are deep enough, and obviously everything that Terry Rozier did in the playoffs, he has the experience to play some regular season basketball on the second night of a back-to-back. 
the Celtics strength of schedule is according to Vegas 16th hardest overall and they will travel a little bit over 40,000 miles this NBA season um, I forget the team that was going to travel the most but I usually it's Sacramento no it's usually the Portland Trailblazers are the ones that always have to travel the most when you look at the October schedule they got three home games and four road games one of those being a back to back-to-back night right right off to start the season they're playing Tuesday the 16th and then they go the 19th and the 20th and both on the road once against the Raptors so it will be big a big game right away because we're going to be not only we're going to be racing the Raptors for the division we might be racing the Raptors for the number one seed and then that after that game they go to New York and play the Knicks which I'm I mean the, the Knicks are a joke in plain English so looking at the rest of 2018 between November and December, nine out of the first 13 games that the Celtics will be playing this year will be on the road. Uh, their longest road trip of the year is going to be from November 3rd to November 11th. They're going to be playing the Pacers, the Nuggets, the Suns, the Jazz, and the Portland Trailblazers. And that Jazz game I'm very interested in because that will actually be Gordon Hayward's first time playing for the Boston Celtics in Salt Lake City where the Jazz play. And I'm very interested to see what the response is. Because if it was last year, I feel like there was going to be a lot of boos. I don't think a lot of people were very happy that Gordon Hayward left, but at the same time, I know there were going to be some fans that were cheering for him. Do Utah Jazz fans now cheer Gordon Hayward after the injury that he went through? You know, like some of the angry ones, like, oh, good, he got hurt. That's karma. But he came back from it, so now we'll cheer for him. I'm very interested in that game and how it's actually going to be played. Uh, the Celtics will have five back-to-backs before De- before December 1st, which I think is good because they're already halfway done all their back-to-backs, and they still got you know the entire month of December, January, February, March, and a little bit of April. So sure, get them all out of the way now. And one of the back-to-backs is actually pretty cool because it's actually back-to-back home games, and I can't remember the last time back-to-back home games actually happened. I'm sure it's very recent, but just going to so many games, I I just can't remember off the top of my head. So they'll actually be playing the Raptors and the Jazz on November 16th and 17th. It's a Friday night and a Saturday night at the Garden. So that will be very cool. Some of the other back-to-backs really don't concern me that much. Uh, the Suns and the Jazz are back-to-back on that long road trip. I don't think that's that big of a deal. The Hawks and the Mavs. I think the Mavs will be pretty good this year like reasonable I don't think they'll make the playoffs but I I feel like I have to say that they're pretty good because my buddy Dave's is a huge Dallas Mavs fan and I know the second he hears this he'll tweet something terrible about the Celtics they're also playing the Cavs and the T-Wolves at home and on the road the last week in November for a back-to-back before we move into December because I think December is going to be a huge month for the Celtics I'm kind of upset and pretty bummed about a 50-year tradition that is now coming to an end for the Boston Celtics. Every Black Friday for the last 50 years, the day after Thanksgiving, the Boston Celtics are always at home, and they are not going to be at home on Black Friday this year. They will actually be playing in Atlanta for the first night of a back-to-back and then go to Dallas after that, like I just mentioned. That is just like a tradition that I always loved Go to Thanksgiving, watch football all day, and then the next day you can watch the Boston Celtics play on the parquet. So I'm pretty bummed about that tradition. I I, I don't understand why the NBA did it, but they did, and we we have to move past it. But the NBA did give us a great December schedule. The Celtics have 13 games in the month of December, seven at home, six on the road, 
and I really think that they could go 11 and 2, maybe even 12 and 1 in that month. Let's break down the month real quick. So you got the Knicks, the Bulls, and the Pelicans. Win, win, win. Wizards, most likely a win. Hawks, win. Pistons, win. Phoenix, win. Bucks, win. Charlotte, win. 76ers, let's say they take a loss. They then play the Rockets. Let's say they take a loss there. They beat the Grizzlies, and then on New Year's Eve day at 7 o'clock in San Antonio, they play the Spurs, and Pop and Brad Stevens are obviously two of the best coaches in the NBA, so that should be a great game. But I do think, as long as DeRozan doesn't black out, because sometimes he doesn't when he plays the Celtics, the Celtics can win that game. So they can go 12-1, and 11-2 and throughout the month of December, which I think is going to be huge, especially for the Atlantic Division standings and as well as the Eastern Conference standings. Once the new year comes around, January is going to be a great time to be not only a season ticket holder like myself, but also to be a Boston Celtics fan. They are playing so many home games in January. They are playing a total of 15 games, and 11 of them are going to be at home. And every single Wednesday in January, they got a game. So if you're free on Wednesday nights, go to the Garden because they got they got games. They're playing the T-Wolves, the Pacers, the Raptors, the Cavs, and the Hornets. So And if you want to join me on Friday, January 18th against the Memphis Grizzlies, it's my birthday. And Section 315 is going to be, as what the kids like to say, Liddy in the city. It's going to be a great time. So obviously the most important part of the January schedule is Saturday night, January 26th at 8.30 p.m. The Golden State Warriors are coming to town. I've been to the last few Warriors games, and it gets... I'm going to go, yeah, you know what? I come with seeming hot takes. It gets louder than playoff games do for these type of games, and I don't blame the fans. They they go absolutely ballistic. And if the Celtics do make the finals this year, I don't even want... The, the noise level in that building, it, there will be no noise being pumped in that building. It will all be natural. But here's the great part about January. The Celtics have... Two long homestands, one of four games against T-Wolves, Mads, Nets, and Pacers, which to me is a lot better than the London trip. And then they have a five-game homestand, Heat, Cavs, Warriors, Nets, and Hornets. Before the Hornets game, they actually have two days of rest. They play the Cavs on the 23rd, and they have the 24th and 25th off, and then they wait for the Warriors, who are probably going to be on a long road trip. That's I'm just so pumped about that. February, you got some great games as well. The Thunder are coming to town on Super Bowl Sunday, so hopefully the Patriots will be in the Super Bowl, and you can go watch Russell Westbrook and Paul George and the Boston Celtics play some hoops and then watch the game. And then Thursday, February 7th, LeBron James and the hated Los Angeles Lakers are coming to town. It's crazy that we... That we're going to say we only see LeBron James once a year unless we see them in the NBA Finals. So again, we're only going to be seeing LeBron James once this year because the Lakers aren't getting very far in the playoffs if they even make the playoffs. But like I said earlier, I really do think they're going to make the playoffs. And then two days after that, Doc Rivers and the Los Angeles Clippers come to town on Saturday night. So that will be a fun game as well. Post-All-Star break is where I'm a little concerned about what's going to be happening with the Boston Celtics. They got three games on the road to start against the Bucks, Bulls, and the Raptors. That's obviously two playoff teams that are that that are good. That the Bucks, we went seven games with them in the first round. The Raptors are going to be good if Kawhi Leonard shows up. And both the Bucks and the Raptors game is going to be on TNT. Then they come back for three home games against the Blazers, the Wizards, and the Rockets. Again, tough games. Blazers are pretty good. Wizards, for some odd reason, always give us a little battle. Oh, by the way, I'm not concerned about John Wall's comments saying that the East is wide open. The 
Wizards, in my opinion, are the fifth best team in the East, if that. I am not worried about the Wizards in any way, shape, or form, especially since they got rid of Gortat. Dwight Howard is a bum, in my opinion. I'm not worried about him, and Austin Rivers doesn't scare me coming off the bench in any way, shape, or form. If John Wall stays healthy all season, though, I can see them maybe sliding into the three or four seed, but playoff-wise, I'm, I'm not worried. I am not worried about those guys at all because if you look at the round two, two years ago when they went seven games and Kelly Olynyk had that insane game seven, this team that we have now is light years better than that team. And I think the Wizards have gotten worse since then. So I'm not worried about the Wizards and those comments that John Wall said. I think it was last week about how the East is wide open. Please, go away. After those three games, the Celtics go on their classic March West Coast road trip. They do four games in six nights. They play the Warriors and Kings on back-to-back nights, and then the Lakers and the Clippers. So if you think about it, the Rockets and Warriors games are within three games of each other. Let me just get the schedule out here just, just to make sure that I'm looking at this right. So yeah, the Rockets game is on Sunday, March 3rd at 3.30 on ABC at the Garden, and then two days later is Tuesday night, 10.30, against the Warriors. So you're arguably playing the two best teams in the league pretty late in the season after the All-Star break. Those will be great, great games to watch, I I think. I, I think those are our, the Celtics' biggest competition this year. Obviously, themselves has to be one of them, and I'm going to talk about one comment that was said earlier this week, uh, earlier last week that did not make me happy. But we'll talk about that in a second. So after the West Coast road trip, they got 14 games. Seven of them are against playoff teams. The 76ers, the Spurs, two against the Pacers, two against the Heat, and then one against the Wizards. One of the games is against the Denver Nuggets. March 18th, Denver Nuggets are coming in. The return of Isaiah Thomas. Let me just get this out of the way right now. There better not be a tribute video for Isaiah Thomas. I'm over it. We're all over it. We've all moved on. We're all much happier with Kyrie Irving. I appreciate everything Isaiah Thomas did for the team. He brought a lot of free agents here, but he I'm not doing tribute videos two years later. Not doing it. I hope to I understand if the Celtics do do it. I don't want to see it. I don't care for it. He did a lot of incredible things. I'll never forget everything that he did. I just don't need to rewatch it because it's so far in the past. They should have done it when they first played the Cavs, and if he didn't like it, tough crap if you weren't playing if your family wasn't there it's not about you you're not on the team anymore thanks for everything that you did go away scram skedaddle i am all set i am all set with that whole night i already sold my tickets to that game i don't even want to attend it just because i'm just over isaiah thomas and i feel bad for him his downfall like he called cleveland a shithole the other day on facebook he is his hips in bad shape. He's now playing on his third team since he left the Celtics. It's it's just crazy. The down. It, I I feel bad for him. I just don't want to see the Isaiah Thomas crap anymore. If you're planning on going to a game this year, the Celtics have seven home games on Mondays, three on Tuesdays, ten on Wednesdays, four on Thursdays, eight on Fridays, four on Saturdays, and five on Sundays. So you got a wide variety of opportunities to see the Celtics especially on Wednesday nights you guys should know that the Tuesday and Thursday night games are obviously most likely going to be prime time TNT type games all the Sunday games are most likely either NBA TV or ABC so plan accordingly because those ABC nationally televised games go on forever now that you kind of know everything about the schedule I want to tell you some of the games that I'm looking forward to the games that I'm 
really not only as a season ticket holder but as a fan am looking forward to just as a fan of the NBA and the Boston Celtics opening night versus the 76ers I think is going to be an awesome atmosphere everyone like I said last week this is the most hyped team since the 07-08 season I think everyone's going to be loud a lot of people don't like Philadelphia to begin with and especially Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid so I'm all about it I'm really interested in Gordon Hayward returning to Utah on November 9th as well I'm I'm really interested to see what their fan what the fans reaction is going to be about Gordon and then November 16th Friday night I mentioned earlier that back-to-back weekend where it was November 16th and November 17th, that Friday and Saturday night where the Celtics have back-to-back home games. I want to see the Raptors one month in. I'm not really concerned about the second game of the season on Friday night up in Toronto on October 19th. I'm not concerned about that game because I I understand the Raptors aren't going to be in sync yet, but I feel like a month into the season, the Raptors will be, and that will really be a test to see where Kawhi is, where Kyle Lowry is, and to see where everyone else on that basketball team is to see if that trade was worth it for them. And then, obviously, the Warriors game and the Lakers game. And now, it is time for the Celtics stud and the Celtics dud of the week. All right. Celtics stud and dud of the week. A lot of people texted me and reached out to me about how they really enjoyed this segment. So this week, I'm going to start it in order. I'm going to do the Celtics stud and then the Celtics dud. And this week, the Celtics stud is Kyrie Irving. This past Saturday, Kyrie Irving released the Kyrie 4 Nike cereal pack where you could get literally sneakers based on Kyrie Irving's favorite cereals, whether that was Kicks, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, or Lucky Charms. I was able to get lucky charms i was so pumped i think they're so awesome they're so bright the marshmallows are detailed on the side of the sneaker inside the sneaker sole is like what you would see if you were actually looking down at a bowl of lucky charms it's an incredible thing and i was actually lucky enough to get uh, cinnamon toast crunch ones as well for my friend jeff who's overseas working in the air force so shout out to him shout out to my friend jay who's also overseas as well and then to my other fellow sneaker heads like my buddy randall and my buddy frank salute to you guys hope you guys were able to cop a pair of those Kyrie four cereal pack sneakers and my celtics dud of the week jalen brown i didn't really like how i think jalen brown is a really smart kid like i'm not even kidding you like you don't go to you know, University of California, just because you're a good basketball player. I really think that he's a smart kid. He has said a lot of smart things before, some of them weird, but he said a lot of smart things. But I really didn't like his comments saying that the Celtics were going to go to the finals. That's bulletin board material for a lot of teams. And in Boston, we like the bulletin board material that other teams say about us, see the Patriots. But don't give other teams bulletin board material, man. Don't say that you're going to the finals. You guys haven't gone there yet. You've lost in the last two straight Eastern Conference finals. And until you guys actually win the Eastern Conference finals, don't talk about it. Don't even think about the finals. Just get there. Shut your mouth and play basketball and improve from year two to year three like you did from year one to year two. So those are my Celtics studs and my Celtics duds of the week. All right, we're going to wrap up this podcast right now, guys. Find us on all of our social media pages at Banner Banter Podcast for Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. We are Banner Banter 18. Thank you all so much again for listening. 
iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, SoundCloud, Stitcher, you name it. Thank you all so much for listening, and I will talk to you guys next week where we will be breaking down the NBA free agency and how it is affecting the Boston Celtics. Thanks again so much, guys. Toodles and noodles. Talk soon. Peace out. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.